0: You're listening to the PMO Strategies podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 85. Hey there, Impact Drivers. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are going to tackle a very important topic for PMOs. What type of PMO should you have? Should it be controlling or directive or supportive? Should you be an agile PMO? Should you be strategic? Aren't all PMOs strategic? Maybe not. We will tackle these questions today and help you get beyond the hype, and know exactly what you need to know about PMO type. Before we dive in, let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor for today's episode. Wrike is a collaborative work management platform that enables teams to be insanely productive by transforming the way they plan, manage, and complete work. More than 20,000 companies worldwide rely on Wrike to manage complex projects and ensure deadlines are met. By bringing everyone into a single digital workspace, no matter where individual contributors are located, teams can achieve aggressive growth goals while improving efficiency and maintaining quality. Learn more at pmoimpactsummit.com forward slash That's pmoimpactsummit.com forward slash Okay, let's dive in. All right. I'm about to blow up everything you've ever heard about PMO types and tell you why when you set yourself up as a particular type of PMO, you are setting yourself up for failure right from the start. That's right. I said it. I have seen so much information out there for years, even when I was a PMO leader, about all the different types of PMOs and how to determine which type of PMO you should have. And if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know I am not a big believer in cookie cutter anything. Every PMO is different. Every PMO is unique and every PMO has to be unique because we are serving unique business needs in our unique business sector, in our unique marketplace and thinking that we can be so unique and special in our organization and still have a cookie cutter generic type for our PMO is absolutely dangerous. Okay, let me explain. Because I realize for many of you listening to this, you may have even written an article yourself about different types of PMOs. You may have found some success with implementing a certain type of PMO. But I'm going to explain all of this hype around types and help you understand why You might miss out on incredible opportunities to create impact when you focus on pigeonholing your PMO into a certain type. All right, first, let's break down types. There are a few different ways you can think about the types of a PMO, and I'm going to break them down into a couple of different categories. First, there are the types of PMOs that I call the behavior types. I'm sure you've probably heard of some of these types of PMOs. Supportive, controlling, directive, those are just a few examples. Now, to me, those are a lot more about the behaviors or the role you're playing as a PMO in a certain situation, as opposed to actually being a type of a PMO. Think about your own personal behavior. If you're a strong, diverse, adaptive PMO leader, you will probably have different behaviors based on the situation that you're in. Sometimes you're in a situation where you have to be more directive or controlling or focused on compliance. Other times you might need to be more supportive and provide advisory or coaching services. Think about your role as a parent or a spouse or a friend or a colleague. You don't act exactly the same in every situation. You need to have different personality traits, different behaviors that you exhibit based on the situation you're in, the problem you're solving, the person you're interacting with, right? Well, the PMO is the same type of thing. Depending on the business problem you're solving will determine the kind of behavior you need to exhibit. So why would you typecast your PMO into one certain set of behaviors? Sometimes you need to provide a very supportive and nurturing environment where you're cultivating and building capabilities. For example, maybe if you're working with project managers or you're trying to build project management capability. Other times or in another service, you might need to be more directive and driving the direction of the organization. For example, in a portfolio management function. Now, if you've decided that your PMO type is a compliance-focused PMO, does that really allow you the flexibility to have maybe a little bit more of a supportive service as well as maybe a directive service as well as maybe some other kind of a function, some other type? So instead of boxing yourself in and limiting yourself and putting blinders on your scope and saying, we will only do these kinds of services because we are only this type of a PMO, we only have these types of behaviors, why not just take a step back and say, what are the business problems that we're trying to solve? Figure out how you can go about solving those business problems, and then create an adaptive and flexible and nimble PMO that's able to be responsive to the needs of the business, to the needs of the stakeholders. And to put this very specifically in opportunities for you to create services, when you're looking at the business pain points, make sure that you're looking at not just the pain points of your executives, but what about the pain points of your project managers? For example, let's say that one of the business pain points of your executives is that they feel like they don't have a good sense of what's going on with the projects. They don't know who's working on what, they're having a really hard time maximizing the allocation of resources and utilization of resources on projects. They feel like there's a lot of projects running around that are secret projects that people are working on and they don't have a good sense of what people are doing. Well, that might drive a more transparency focused, accountability focused project portfolio management function, which will require a little bit of pulling the Komodo back so that we can all see what's really going on in the projects. That's going to require you to have a certain set of behaviors that might be a little bit more on the side of directive or compliance focused or driving greater accountability. Now, on the other hand, when you talk to the project managers, you find out that they are really feeling undervalued, underappreciated, underrepresented. Maybe in their case, they're looking for guidance, support, someone to have their back, someone to review their projects, someone to help them get a seat at the table in the conversations with their sponsors about the project work. That might require something that's a little bit more advisory, coaching, supportive, engaging. And if you had a PMO quote unquote type that was only focused on a directive approach, where do you have room to support a real pain point, a real need that could help the business thrive from a project delivery perspective? If you don't have project resources that are feeling supported and properly engaged, you're not going to be successful in your project delivery. So let's not get caught up in one set of behavior types that we must be in order to deliver value and take a step back and assess the organization for impact opportunities and look at what pain points you can solve that are in your area or your team's area of expertise and solve each one of them individually based on those needs, not based on some prescriptive type. Okay, so that covers one set of types that I see very commonly talked about in the industry around behaviors. Now let's switch gears and talk about another type of types that I see people talking about. And this is really going to ruffle some feathers and I am totally down with that because here's the deal. A lot of people will tell you that their flavor of the month PMO is the type of PMO you should build. For example, you need a center of excellence PMO. You need a strategic PMO. You need an agile PMO. You need a quality PMO. You need a project delivery PMO. And on and on it goes with everybody's prescriptive definition of the type of PMO that's successful and why that is the only type of PMO that's successful. This is another example of really limiting yourself to the kinds of services and capabilities that you can deliver and getting caught up in the type hype. Here's what I mean. If you build an agile PMO, does that mean that you are only going to support agile implementation methodology on projects? What if some of your projects are better in an agile implementation methodology and other projects actually don't make sense to follow that approach? Does that mean you're going to ignore those project teams? You're not going to provide any support or help for them? Is your methodology and framework so controlling and tight that you'll only allow agile projects? I mean, isn't that kind of the whole point of agile in the first place was to break the tight over-controlling model of my way or the highway? Are we going to repeat that behavior and just put an agile name on it instead? Personally, I don't think any PMO should be tied to a particular methodology. And we already have an uphill battle with many PMOs being typecast as waterfall in nature when the PMO should not be another name for a particular methodology. PMO and Waterfall are not synonymous, just like PMO and Agile shouldn't be synonymous. Your job as a PMO is to make sure that you are solving the business problems in the best way possible to achieve the highest return on investment possible for the organization. And sometimes that means you are going to use one methodology, and sometimes that means that another methodology will be most appropriate. Your job should be to help the people in the organization find the best fit for purpose for the individual projects. And it ain't all about which methodology you're using. Frankly, that should be one of the lower priorities of your concerns. If you want to build an effective and sustainable PMO that's driving high return on investment, sure, you can help with templates and tools and methodology all day long. But if you're doing it all day long, then you're probably not taking time to do what matters most to the business leaders. You know, the ones writing your checks and making decisions about what the PMO budget's gonna be and if it'll be around over the next year. We need to make sure that our services and capabilities are aligned with providing value and not just outputs. I want you thinking about outcomes over outputs. And that means that your services portfolio needs to be focused on driving return on investment for those projects. And that means we build lean and mean systems and processes and streamline and optimize and don't get caught up in whether or not they filled out your 45 page template and instead focus on what is the least amount of templates and process that we can put in place to achieve and accelerate getting those projects completed in a way that is ensuring that the intended business benefits are achieved in a way that was actually worth it, right? There has to be a return for the time and energy and focus and resources you're spending on doing that project in the first place. That leads to things like portfolio management capability and resource utilization and streamlined tools and process. How amazing would it be if you were going to your business leaders and saying, I'm going to make it faster to get projects done and ensure that we achieve a higher return for all of this budget that we're spending on this project. They would love you. You would earn your seat at the table. They would take you seriously because they would see that you're acting like a business-minded impact driver as opposed to being caught up in a particular methodology. If you want to be typecast as a PMO that's not providing value, Focus on a particular methodology. If you want to be typecast as a PMO that is driving impact and is seen as a strategic business partner to the organization, focus on solving the business problems that your business leaders need. Of course, templates and methodology and process support that, but are you sure that your templates and methodology and process are accelerating getting to impact or are they just standing in the way? So that covers methodology, but let's look at the other side of the coin. You might be saying, okay, well, Laura, does that mean that we should be a strategic PMO? Your PMO can be strategic without only working on strategic projects. Here's what I mean. Every PMO should be strategically minded meaning you have an incredible opportunity to help everyone in the organization get aligned right from the start right from the beginning of their projects and be able to say this is why you're doing the work you're doing you as a business leader in your organization and i want you thinking of yourself as a business leader should understand the strategy of your business and you can help the rest of the organization that's working on projects understand how they are aligned to that strategy. How does the work they are doing connect to the overall business strategy? You know what's crazy? I was reading this statistic and there's a ton of terrible ones when it comes to strategy execution and why there's so many books out there about that and so many consultants saying we can fix it and that it's still not fixed. If you look at The numbers of people and the percentages of people in organizations that do not understand the business strategy of their company, of their organization, and really what they're driving towards, it's staggering. It's as high as 95% in many organizations. They don't understand the work they're doing and how that even connects with the way the company's headed. So here's an incredible opportunity for a PMO to step in and say, I am going to help you, business leader, ensure that everyone understands why they're doing the work they're doing, why that is so important, and how all of it connects together. That is a critical part of this puzzle and a service that every PMO should have and every business leader is going to be begging for. They don't even know that you can do that for them in many cases because They're probably off thinking about you as some kind of methodology-focused engine, right? So instead, think about how you can be more strategic and understand what the strategy is of the organization, what the business goals of the organization, and where could you provide services to help all of the people on projects connect the projects they're doing to that overall business strategy. And remember when we were talking about the pain point of business leaders, And how one of their pains might be that they don't really know all the projects that are going on. They may not have a good prioritized portfolio. They don't know what's happening, right? Well, here's an incredible opportunity again for project portfolio management. At that level and at that service, you should be able to say, here's the strategy and the goals of the organization. And here's how all of the projects align to that. And then make sure that that trickles down, not just in some top level meetings with executives, but to every single person on every single project in the organization. Everyone should know, everyone should be aligned right from the beginning of those projects and understand the priorities, how they fit in, and why the work they're doing is so important to moving the business forward. That is incredibly powerful. So is that a strategic function? Sure. But does that mean the projects in your portfolio or the projects that you might help execute on are strategy focused? Not necessarily. There's a lot of underlying functional and operational activities that need to happen in an organization, but they should still be ultimately aligned with moving the business forward. So I don't think you need to call it a strategic PMO or only focus on strategic projects. Not every PMO should be a certain type, but you can still focus on solving business problems and be strategically minded regardless of the type of projects that you're working on. So instead of focusing on whether or not your PMO is strategic and only going to provide services and capabilities around strategy, or it's going to be a center of excellence, so it's only going to provide the methodology and best practices for the organization, which by the way, I don't think that should ever be the case. You should never have a PMO where all you're doing is being the template police or ensuring that process is being complied with. You've got to be able to do things that are showing real direct value and return on investment. And it's very hard to do if all you're doing is running around being the process police. So yes, you absolutely can have those services. And on top of that, you need to make sure that any services you're providing are directly aligned with creating that return on investment. And you can show and map the services that you're providing with the ultimate impact it's making on the organization. So instead of being a center of excellence PMO or a strategic PMO or an agile PMO or a quality focused PMO or any of the other specific types, here's what I suggest. You make sure that you set up a PMO that is nimble and flexible, that takes into account the business problems as they see them, not as you see them as they see them in their words, in the way that they think about them and map those pain points to the services that you deliver. And you'll be a lot better off. You'll be building a PMO that people want to engage with. After all, if you limit yourself on being just strategic then does that mean you don't provide any capabilities around furthering organizational competencies? Or if we're just project execution, does that mean we can't influence some standards and best practices to ensure people are doing things in a way that's driving greater project throughput? If we have an agile PMO, does that mean we can't possibly help support a project that makes better sense with waterfall? So let's just throw out all of these categories and buckets and types and behaviors out the window and take a big step back and look at why we're here, the business problems we're solving, where those pain points are, where the opportunities are to serve in the eyes of your stakeholders first, and go make a bigger impact through the right services with the right mindset and the right flexibility and adaptive nature that PMOs really need to have no matter the organization or the types of pain points your organization has. When you do that, you will never have to worry about whether or not your PMO is providing value because what you will have created is an impact engine PMO. And an impact engine PMO gets and keeps their seat at the table and is well-respected by their business leaders. If you're interested in learning about how you can set up an impact engine PMO for yourself and your organization, Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash IEPMO. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash IEPMO. And you can learn a little bit more about this approach and hear from some of the students as to why it's been so incredibly successful for them, even during COVID times. Before we go, I just want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by RICE. Reich is a collaborative work management platform that enables teams to be insanely productive by transforming the way they plan, manage, and complete work. More than 20,000 companies worldwide rely on Reich to manage complex projects and ensure deadlines are met. By bringing everyone into a single digital workspace, no matter where individual contributors are located, teams can achieve aggressive growth goals while improving efficiency and maintaining quality. Learn more at pmoimpactsummit.com forward slash That's pmoimpactsummit.com forward slash Thank you so much again for listening to this episode today. Have a high impact day. Bye-bye for now.